Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be here with the Word of God, ready to share with you today what God has said. Not what we think or what we've said, but what God has said. And what God has said is what God thinks. And so, man, if you've got a Bible, you've got the best thing on the planet. And it'll lead you right straight to Jesus Christ who will save your soul and walk with you all the days of your life. And then you'll be able to spend eternity with Him forever and forever. And uh, we're in the book of Galatians in chapter 6. And uh, that's where we'll be today. I want to remind you that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded into our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You'll find uh, on the YouTube channel all the playlists as far as Crossway Church, the Romans teaching, the Galatians teaching, the Wichita Falls messages that are being preached. Everything is being uploaded there. And so I would encourage you to avail yourself to that. If, if you want more than just being in some church somewhere to say you go to church, if you want to learn the Word of God, you get hooked up with Crossway Church, and I promise you after every service you will have heard what you needed to hear for that day, and God will be equipping you for the work He's called you to do. It's a guarantee. Crossway Church is not just a get-together. It is a walk with Jesus church. We are learning the Word of God, not just... Just, uh, hearing some preacher talk about it. We are learning together the Word of God. We're in fellowship together in the gospel. Our fellowship is in the gospel, not just in a building. So I encourage you. All our services are live. All these broadcasts are live. Monday morning, Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, I broadcast right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page the Romans teaching. Go back. We're, we're in, in uh, chapter 6 of that letter also. So avail yourself to all those things. And before we get started this morning, I'm going to call out a few names here that we're believing God for uh, miracles of healing. And, uh, and I know there's more than this, but this is what I wrote down this morning. And we'll pray for these folks and all of us here in this room and all who uh, are watching today. And we'll ask the Lord to give us today the daily bread that we need. Amen. Father, we thank you today that we can come before you, Lord, because of the blood that was shed at Calvary's cross by your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I pray, God, today that you would give us the daily bread we need, that we would be strengthened, encouraged, edified, exhorted, and receive the wisdom we need to run this race one more day, Lord, to fight this good fight of faith, to be used by you, to be a witness by you, a testimony unto all that know us, Lord God that the light would be brighter and the salt would have more flavor today. We ask you, Lord God, for the miracles, Lord, that are, that are needed, Lord, in healing for Rosa McCoy and Tammy Stevens, Stacy Blevins, Gladys Marsh, and, and the whole list of others that we know and those who are watching today that know others that could very well just type it in on the line there where we can pray for them later. And Lord, we give you all the praise for what you're about to say, what you're about to impart to a hungry people and what you will do with it after you impart it in us and through us. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. This is session 58, if you're looking for it in particular, and today's the 15th day of February 2019, just to let us know where we're at. I used to have a chalkboard and always have that written on it, so now I've got to tell you, so that's okay. But we're going to start in verse 6 of chapter 6. 6 in the great book of Galatians. And let me make a couple of comments before we start. Which it's always good to, before you get into the Word, to regroup and, and, and be reminded why this letter was written, to whom it was written, and what was going on. This letter was written to uh, saints, Gauls who had been saved. Uh, barbarians they were. And Paul preached the gospel to them. They were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. The, men, the, 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 the Holy Spirit began to work miracles. It tells us this early on in this letter. And then they came under attack by Judaizers who were trying to get them back under the law where they were, bound under the law just so they could boast in how many people they were bringing back from Christianity back to the law 
law and they were under attack. And because they were under attack, they were biting and devouring one another and the works of the flesh uh, happen under the law. Under grace, we, we sow to the Spirit and we live in the Spirit. And, and we can be the expression of Christ only as we're led of the Spirit in the Spirit. And uh, we find our life only in the Spirit, which means faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And so Paul writes this letter to them to try to keep them from going, just giving in to the, the, the Judaizers and, and uh, to try to keep them on course. And let me always say that it wasn't just Paul, it was the Lord. It was the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul trying to keep them on track. We never need to forget that. And when you get up every day and you read the Bible, you need to know what you've been reading. Just waking up today and reading one verse and listen, that verse is tied to what's been written and what's going to be written. And, and it, you always need to do that. As we uh, started this chapter out in verse 1, it said that uh, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. Well, we talked about that. And he's taught you that are spiritual. Well, not all Christians are walking as spiritual. And if you back up to chapter 5, those who are spiritual are described there. They're led of the Spirit. They're walking in the Spirit they, because they know that life is only found in the Spirit and that's because the, the lust and all its affections have been crucified with Christ and that's what our faith is in. Not was, is today. That's what we're trusting in today for all things from God. Not just what got us in, but what's going to get us through today is the blood of Jesus. And the church is coming back to that. Very few, but they are trinkling. It is a minute remnant that knows they've been called by grace and they're coming back to grace and learning that they've been lied to and they've been lying themselves about what grace is. So as we read this today, don't let us forget that. That the Lord, if He finds His people off track, He's going to try to bring them back on track. And listen, all that the Lord can do for a Christian if he's out of the faith is send somebody to point him back to the faith. That's all he can do. This letter teaches that because he's fallen from grace and grace is God functioning in your life. And if your faith is not in the cross, God can't function in your life anymore. And Galatians teaches that boldly. Paul tells them if you fall from grace, Christ can't profit you. He can't affect you anymore. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. So uh, the Lord is either trying to get you as a child of God back onto the path where He can function as the grace of God in your life, or if you are have been brought back onto the path of righteousness, the Lord is going to confirm in the Word every day to you that you are on the right path, the path of righteousness through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And, he, and He's going to make that path brighter. Proverbs 4.18 tells us that, that the path of the just will shine more unto that perfect day. It's the only thing that God's going to shine a light on. And that light's going to get brighter if it, listen carefully, if it is the path of the just. That means what justifies not only you, but justifies your works before God. See, you as a child of God, no matter what you got going on today, you are justified. Question is for the child of God, is your works justified? When you read Revelation chapter 3, you see that apparently they had been being taught wrong, the letter to the church in Sardis, because the Lord shows up and said, your works are not perfect before me. And then think about that. The only thing that makes a perfect work, because we can't work a perfect work, He's the only one who can work a perfect work. And if our works are not perfect before Him, then that means He has been resisted and opposed and it's only us working. And that church, the Bible says, had a name that they were alive. Everybody in the region says, Wow, that church is alive. But Jesus said, You have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. So it's not about all you got going on. It's all about are your works justified before God? 
Are they perfect before His eyes? Is He the one functioning in your life and through your ministry? And the only way He is is by grace. And grace only comes every day for everything of God if your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. And they were under attack. They were being lied to. They were being told, listen, you Gauls, listen, I know all that you believe, but listen, unless you believe in circumcision, unless you go get circumcised after the law of Moses, you can't even be saved. That's in Acts 15 and verse 1. That's what they were telling them. It's not that you need to add this. They were telling them you can't be saved unless you go get circumcised after the law of Moses. So they were under attack, and as long as you're wishy-washy and not really know who you should be listening to, you're going to be biting and devouring. Your, your marriage is never going to be what it should. Your kids are not going to be able to be raised up in the admonition of the Lord because you yourself are wishy-washy. You know, on the way to broadcast this morning, I was uh, thinking about all those who stand before the Lord and say, well, they talk. You know the problem with that? You believed what they taught you, but here's the problem. While you were believing it, you were living according to what they were teaching, but guess what you were doing? You were teaching others by the way you lived. So you're as guilty as the ones that taught you. Wrong. Think about that. As we point, well, they taught And he's going to say, Lord's going to say, well, you taught them wrong. So we're always guilty of what we're accusing others of, and that's what the Bible teaches. If we're condemning them. Amen. So y'all held me up there long enough. Let's get in verse 6 where we'll start today. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Notice the reference. Him that Now the only way what's being taught is a good thing if it's about the only good one that's ever existed and the only good work God has ever accepted. And that's the work of Christ, the perfect one, at the cross, the only perfect work God has ever accepted. Amen. The only way, and let's get back to justified works. We're justified, but are our works. If our faith is in the very work of Christ at Calvary, that allows the Holy Spirit not only to do a work in me, but to do a work through me. Without that, and I don't mean 40 years ago, I mean denying myself today, taking up my cross again today, determined not to know anything other than Christ and Him crucified, only boasting in Christ and Him crucified. Without that, it's just me. And it's not and women who are not teaching the word of God in the context of Calvary are not teaching good. They're not teaching word is good as long as it's in the context of the only one in God's eyes who's good. The word of God will bring about works in your life if it's by the Spirit of God because your faith is in what allows Him to work. Think about this. What allowed the Holy Spirit to begin a work in you? What you believed about Christ and what He did at Calvary. And the Bible says that we're to walk in that same place, Colossians 2.6. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. So know that. Now, the word... Uh, Communicate here. Let him that is taught in the word. Let's just use our little class this morning for all who are here. If you're the ones who are being taught this morning, I'm the one the Lord is using this morning to do the sharing of the word. Things and that word communicate. The Bible. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that. I have uh, what I've got here. I want to read uh, you what it means to communicate. It's the word koinonio. Koinonio. I've learned that years ago back in the 90s. I learned it a long time ago because it's, it's throughout the New Testament. It means communion, to fellowship with, to be partakers, to share. It means all those things, to come into communion with. So what he's saying here is, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. That means to be a part of, to take this and become a partner with what you're hearing. Now listen, only if it's good things. What's happened is ministers have stopped preaching the good message, which is Christ and Him crucified. 
And people have become partners with that. You hear them say it all the time on all the TV preacher uh, shows. Be, you know, become a partner with, you know, and people sow seed and money and all this stuff into become a partner with. that. Meant, and that's okay to say that because that's really what the word means, koinonio. It means to become partners with, to share with. So what he's saying here is what's being taught that's good, sow into that. Not financially, but with your heart. Money, finances too. There's where you give your tithe. There's where you give your offerings. There, but here, most importantly, there's where you become a part of that. You get involved. You become sharers of that. You understand that? And that's what happens with anything that's being taught out there. It, message of the cross uh, attracts those who are, God is bringing back to the truth, who want to, to experience the liberty that Jesus said the truth would give us. It's only Him and what He did at Calvary. But then there's some out there who are attracted to other influences of men and traditions and, and uh, deceptive ways. But whatever's being taught, there's going to be a gathering and a communion and a sharing with, partaker of, fellowship, whatever much false unity out there. The only true biblical unity is the unity of the, the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's through faith in the cross. Not 40 years ago, 4 days ago. Right now that's what we're trusting in. The cross. Not a tree. Jesus and the one who provided all things from God through his death we have life and all that pertains to life. So don't forget that. It's it's the responsibility of those who are being taught in the Word to become a part of it. And folks who sit at home, folks who just watch TV, media members, they're not, listen, they can't be a part like they need to be. You know, I'm not going to hammer on that this morning, but you know, thank God for media uh, 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 opportunities that some people can't go to church. They that's up for whatever reason. But listen, you're to be a part of the work. That means you're to be a sharer of this good thing you're being taught to the point that you literally are sharing it yourself and you're functioning in it yourself. And that's why I like to say at Crossway Church, we're not just getting together with a testimony. I go to church down there at Crossway. We're coming to church, listen, to worship God, to praise God, to fellowship, yes, to edify one another, yes, all that good stuff. But when we leave, we leave with something that we didn't have before we got there. And even if we did have it, that thing is strengthened in us now even more and we are being equipped for the work of the ministry. Without that last part, all the other is really it just, you know, you can stay at home and worship God. You can worship God anywhere, but you can't be equipped for the work of the ministry, Ephesians chapter 4, outside of being under one of those five gifts that are functioning in your life, teaching the good thing so that you can be a part of the good thing. Amen. But he throws that in right here. He, he makes that. And it's not just something off the wall. And we need to quit thinking that the Holy Spirit does that. He don't just throw comments in somewhere that just, wow, where'd that come from? He's writing a letter here. He's writing to a broken herd, a wishy-washy. They've become foolish, Paul says. Who's bewitched you? So we know they're bewitched. They've, they've become confused. Well, these have been the people of God for 4,000 years. Uh, uh, maybe they are right. But then I know what we uh, felt. I know what we received when we were born again listening to the gospel Paul preached, but I'm, I'm being pulled and you need to be, you just need to become determined to stick with that that changed your life. To stick with that that brought you peace and liberty. Not to go chasing after anything else. But he doesn't just throw that in here for no reason. He says these things because he's trying to, uh, to get these people to be a partaker of that which is the good thing, which saved them, filled them with the Spirit, began to work miracles. And that's why he earlier on asked them, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the flesh or by the hearing of faith? He's trying to get them back to the cross, back to faith in the sacrifice. And we need to remember that. It's, it's, a, daily, it's a daily fight. of uh, It's a good fight of faith. But you're going to have to fight or you're not going to stay Correct. in the faith. The faith requires you to fight, to continue to be out of it. 
You're going to be talked out of it if you won't fight for it. And that's what the Bible teaches. It's something you have. Think about this. And I heard uh, uh, Sister Lindsay Bass say it when she was ministering here a couple weekends ago. She said the God brought His people out of Egypt and sent them toward a promised land that He'd already given to them. It was already His. All the victory, all the provision, God has already laid before us, but it's up to us to fight by trusting Him, believing in Him every step of the way, every single day. He's already provided it. You're not fighting for victory. You've already got Victory. You're fighting to maintain your faith in what keeps that victory as an experience in your life. You've already got victory. You're already victorious. You're, you're not waiting for something to happen for victory. You already have victory because you've already been saved. You've already been given the measure of faith. And the Bible says your faith is your victory. That's good news. Now we want to see some breakthroughs in some areas. We want to see some deliverances. We want to see some healings. We want to see some... But we've already got the victory. If I'm laying in my bed dying today, I'm dying as a victorious child of God. Amen. So the Bible says uh, in Galatians 6 and 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And I've been ministering on this. It's just got in my heart something very strong. And, uh, and it, the Bible here says, please don't be, mis- don't be deceived. Don't run with this the wrong way. God cannot be mocked. He cannot be mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, in this context, we're looking at God's Word being taught and those who are being taught believing and coming into communion and fellowship with those teaching them. Man may attempt to mock God as they reject the truth being taught by God's ministers while God says instead of him being mocked, they're being deceived. God says, I won't be mocked. When you think you're mocking me, God says, you're not. You're really just being deceived. There will be mockers, there will be scoffers, but that's what they are. God, that's what they're doing. God says they're deceived. He won't be mocked. You think you're blaspheming God. You think you're, you're saying there is no God. You think you're going to get in the flesh and just do what you want to. You think you're going to just override God in any area to prove that there is no God. No, you're only proving you're deceived. And you're so into the flesh and you're only reaping ruin because that's what corruption is. It's ruin. When we sow to the flesh, we reap to our own selves. Ruin. Yes, that's so true. And listen, I've been saying it in my messages, the lost world that's without Christ, the lost, not born again, they're lost on their way to hell. They cannot sow to the Spirit. All they can do is sow to ruin because they are in ruins. They're lost and without hope, without God. But the moment they come to Christ, now they can continue to sow to the Spirit or even as a child of God, we can choose to sow to the flesh. Read Galatians. They're beginning to sow to the flesh. They've been bewitched. They've begun to let go of Calvary. Things. For them in that day, it was circumcision, the law of Moses. For us in our day, it's the purpose driven, the government of 12, or confession, or anything other than the cross. God didn't give you for an object of faith. And anything you place your faith in other than Calvary, the very work of God in Christ there, you have caused God, even in the attempt to see more of God in your life. And that's why we do those things. That's why it's hard for people to understand what we're talking about. Their heart is after God and and so because they don't know the only way in which God functions, they set out to write all these books and to do all these things and to be a part of all these things because they want to see a move of God and they want to be changed and all this stuff, but they don't even know they're deceived and they're sowing to ruin. 
And that's why they can't break out of that place. Their children grow up and are worse than them. Twice children of whatever it's called hell. They just can't get out. It's that family thing. So preachers come along in line and say it's some uh, family curse and all that. No, it's called sin, my friend. If you'll come back to Calvary, you can be free. You can train your kids up in a way where they know how to be free. You can break out of that through faith in Christ and Him crucified alone. So, you, listen, don't, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. And he said, well, don't think you're going to get over on God. You're not. Nobody's getting away with nothing. Nobody's getting away with nothing. The Bible says we're going to be judged by every word that comes out of our mouth. Jesus taught that. Think about that. God's not mocked, which means to turn up the nose or to sneer at. And this is because when men think they're opposing God or even if they are doing it in ignorance, they're actually opposing themselves. Let's look at 2 Timothy this morning, chapter 2. And I think we did a couple of weeks ago. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, ready to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. See, as long as we're not acknowledging the truth, which is Christ, He said, I'm the truth, and what makes Him the truth is what He did at Calvary. As long as we're not acknowledging the truth, we're opposing ourselves, and hear me today, I can't even repent. I can't repent until I acknowledge the truth. That's a powerful statement. True repentance is confessing and forsaking. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Do you see how God relates his prosperity there to mercy? Let me say it again. Proverbs 28, 13. Been looking at this for 20 years. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. Because you ain't got nothing that'll cover it. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Now think about this. Anybody can confess their sins. And most of all Christianity, true born-again Christians, are confessing sin at an unprecedented rate over and over and over because they don't know how to forsake their sin. Only those that acknowledge the truth, a man named Jesus, and what he did to become that liberating truth every day for you, faith in him and what he did at Calvary, that truth that brings liberty and freedom and allows you to repent. There is no repentance outside acknowledging of the truth. And here we see the Bible talking about, 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, that we are to be teachers. Here, here's, what, here's what justifies the good thing being taught, that it's the truth. And everybody listen to me, well, all that cross stuff, all if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth. If it's outside of that, it is truth, but it can't be applied to you because Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, He will comfort you by revealing all truth to you. He will reveal my to you, who I am to you. Not just the word because you search in the Scriptures. In them you say you have life, but they are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me. John 5, 39 and 40, which lets us know Jesus taught that unless you come to Him, the Scriptures can't affect you. There we are back in Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Christ can't affect you, can't profit you unless the Holy Spirit is revealing the truth in the person of Christ and the work of Christ to you. Amen, Brother Curtis. Good teaching, Brother Curtis. Oh, keep teaching the good thing, Brother Curtis. Hmm. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Now wait a minute. Let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's stay there for a minute. 
Verse 26 there says that they may recover themselves out of the snare, that means a trap of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So there's more there than just us being deceived and, uh, and, and us uh, not acknowledging the truth, but we're deceived and not acknowledging the truth, even as the people of God thinking that there's some other something I can do or work I can do that will please God and, and God will accept me or God will forgive me and deliver me by any other thing than Calvary. I'm in the snare of the devil as a child of God. Remember, he goes to and fro as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, he can't devour me. I'm a child of God. I'm the people of God. God said, my people perish. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know, my friend, will kill you. You better throw that thing out the window that says I don't need to study God's Word because God says you do. Study the Word to so you show yourself approved. If you throw stuff out that God has told you to be a part of, you're throwing your life away. And if you're throwing your life away, don't wonder why those under you and around you are miserable too. Because you're here to represent Christ, to express Him. And the only way you can do that is if you know what God's Word says about Him. Amen. So your heart ought to be that folks recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. The only way anybody can be recovered from the trap of the enemy is if you're telling them the truth. Because that's the only avenue by which they can repent from opposing God's way. And here we see that if I'm opposing God's way, which is the way of the cross, I'm opposing myself. Think about that. If the, if the message of the cross is the only thing that saves and keeps and empowers, and it is because the Bible teaches that, if I'm opposing that, then I'm opposing myself because only there will God function in my life through my faith and what took place there. So it's more than just being uh, opposing God. People actually oppose God thinking they can do it better, but they don't know they're killing themselves. And they really don't know that there's a devil behind it destroying them and their kids. And it'll run down through their grandkids. And they'll be crying out, why are we like this? Why, why is this going on? Because they're opposing God. And in that, they find they don't even know it, but they're opposing themselves. Only in the truth will you be able to find God working on your behalf. Only in the truth will you find yourself coming out of the grips of the enemy. It's just the way it is. If you don't believe me, then you'll just stay in your mess and, 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 and you won't ever be able to get out unless you come to Calvary. Somebody's watching today right now that you think that you'll just keep going about it your way and God will let you. And God will let you come to ruin. He will let His own children come to ruin, but He won't stop trying to point you to the truth because there are men and women on the planet that are being led of the Spirit that will point you back to Calvary. No, there ain't no tree. There ain't nobody hanging on a tree there today. It's the only object of faith, though, God's given you. The preaching of that message, what took place there, what was provided there, is the power of God, and nothing else is. That's it. You reject the message of the cross regardless of who's preaching it. You reject God and in that you're rejecting your own self. That's the way God sees it. And that's how we live by the way God sees it. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Are you finding grace today in the eyes of the Lord? The next verse describes the two directions we can go after hearing the word of God. Watch this. Be not deceived, for what's, uh, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Because he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's ruin. That's destruction. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that's not talking about to come after you leave here. Right now is when we experience ruin. And right now is when we can lay hold eternal life. His name is Jesus. Our eternal life is not some bliss after we die. Yes, that's part of eternal life, but we already have eternal life within us. His name is Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is our eternal life. The man, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, He is my eternal life. And He dwells in me by His Spirit. 
Think about that. And this is not talking about eternal destruction and eternal life in the later. This is talking about right now. Paul's writing to a people trying to get them back into the place where they're no longer bewitched. They're functioning in the way that God will be pleased with and they will find His Spirit working in their midst. Doing the miracles that need to be done. Being the ministers they need to be. Because if they go back under law, even though they've been deceived to think, well, maybe this is the way in which God's pleased and worked, because they were being told, listen, if, 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 you go, if you just stick with Jesus and all this cross stuff, that sacrifice, then you're throwing away the law that God gave to the Jews. And without the law, you're just going to live in sin. That's what, that's what they were telling even the people in Rome. That's why Paul had to say, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's, that's what all the naysayers say. It can't be just the cross. It's got to be even... But they were saying not even that. You had to be the law of Moses and circumcision to be saved. But even if we say that's okay and we add to it, we're removing ourselves from the plan of God. We can only sow to the flesh or sow to the Spirit. There's not a third. It's of the flesh or of the Spirit. And if you missed last week's broadcast or the certain last two or three messages here at Crossway Church, go find them. They're out there for you. You need to hear them. It'll help you. What you don't know will kill you and what you do know will help you walk in this faith. So into the flesh reaps corruption, which is decay, ruin, and perishing. The second reaps life everlasting, which is the very experience right now of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life is our eternal life. The next verse says, uh, no, let's don't move too fast here. Y'all trying to rush me this morning. There are only, and listen, there are only two places to sow flesh or the Spirit, and there's only two options in which to serve. Because whatever you're sowing, that's who you're serving. And whatever you're serving, it's because you're obeying them. Romans 6.16, let's look at that Scripture this morning. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 6, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 16. And here Paul starts out with something he says often, don't you know? And he says that because there's some ignorance there. There's something that the people don't know, that they need to know. So they won't wander away. When you look the word deception up, it means to wander away, to go astray. It, it, it's not really uh, just believing something false because it is that, but when you believe something that's not true, not good, not right and biblical, and it's in the right context, you will wander away. You will go astray. It's believing wrong that leads you astray. I've said it all through the last 25 years. It'll be 25 years this June I've been studying the Word of God, and I've learned this. You live and function the way you live and function based on the way you think. And the way you think is based on what you believe. Everything comes back to what I believe. When people come up and they say, well, let me tell you how I feel about that. They're telling you, really, they're saying, let me tell you what I believe about that. That's what they're saying. Well, that's not how we feel about that. Well, they're saying that's not what I believe about that. And let me say it again. We function and live and do the things we do because we think the way we think. And we think the way we think because we believe what we believe. Remember Romans 12.3 says, for us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but according to the measure of faith God gave us. And that measure of faith brings about, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10.17, so therefore our thinking is to be in accordance with the Word of God. And if the Word of God is in the proper context, being taught right in the good thing, then we'll be able to be in communion. Not only you and me, but us and the Lord will be in fellowship. And, and uh, I think it's Proverbs 16.3 says, uh, if we commit our works unto the Lord, He will establish our thinking. Well, committing our works unto the Lord, you remember what uh, the people piled up around Jesus one day and they said, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus said, just believe upon the one He sent. 
That's your works. How many of you know that? See, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If we just believe upon Christ and what He was sent to do for us at the cross, then we, if that's what our faith is in, He is working in and through us. And those works are perfect. We're perfect because our faith's in Him. But again, are our works perfect? Because He's looking for perfect works. Let's go back to the Sardis church in Revelation 3. The warning to them is so strong a church that has an appearance that they're alive, but he strengthen that which remains, for it is also preparing to die. That faith that they would never deny, saying that they'd been saved by, that's all they had remaining in the eyes of God. Their faith now in what they were doing was not good and causing their works not to be perfect. But even that faith, God says, was preparing to die. He says, remember then how you received and heard that was the cross, my friends. That's how you heard and begin to receive. And the book of Galatians confirms that. Paul says it here. John says it there. Did you begin this? Did you get into the Spirit by what you did, the works of the Lord, just by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. So you live the way you live because you think the way you think. And you think the way you think because you believe the way you do. If you stick with God's Word in the context of the living Word, Jesus Christ, and what He provided at Calvary, God will establish your thinking. And He wants to establish our thinking because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if God's establishing our thinking, then we're going to express Christ. If God's not establishing my thinking, I'm in the flesh and my thinking is stinking thinking, and my flesh is stinking wrong because it's just representing me. Amen. Hmm. Don't you know, watch this, Romans 6 and 16, don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, that's the sin nature, unto death, which is separation. Notice, we're talking about sowing this morning to the flesh or to the spirit. Well, sowing to the flesh is serving the flesh, to please the flesh. And you do it by obeying the sin nature and it brings ruin. Sowing to the Spirit is keeping your faith, listen this morning, in the obedience of Christ that brings about the fruit of His righteousness in your life. We've got we to remember that. It's not us being obedient so we can do all these things. Listen, we're, when we're sowing to the Spirit, that means our faith is in the cross where we were made obedient because we believe that form of doctrine, Romans 6, 17, and 18. When we're so into the Spirit, that means our faith is in the cross. We're serving righteousness because we're obeying unto righteousness. But our obedience is only right in the eyes of God if our faith is in the obedience of Christ. Remember what the Bible teaches when you're struggling and, 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 and you're being attacked with all these uh, vain imaginations and, and, and thoughts and words that come in, that knowledge that's trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. The book of Galatians. It's what, did, what did Paul write to them as the answer? Bring every thought, bring those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. The church thinks, thinks it means bring them to, to our obedience, but it doesn't. It means bring them, take those thoughts to where the lust and the affections were crucified through Christ's oh, humble, obedient act and work of death. You take those thoughts there where they were crucified and that'll be... That'll be it. If you don't take them there, they're taking you somewhere. What is that called? Sowing to the flesh. Ruin. On the way to broadcast this morning, the Lord spoke to my heart. And He said, the only voice that deals with sin and delivers from sin 
that speaks throughout all creation is the blood of Jesus. Every other voice heaps condemnation, even if it's even if it's hidden in a deceptive way. The only voice that brings salvation and deliverance is the voice that comes through the blood of Jesus. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 24. There are many voices, but the only voice speaking on the behalf of the sinner is the voice that comes through the blood. Every other voice will hold you captive, will distort God's Word. Mm. Now, now think about this. When you read uh, Galatians 6 and 8, so into the flesh, so into the Spirit, you have to look at other Scriptures. And, and Paul covers it again to the church in Rome. If you yield yourselves, and every day we yield ourselves to one of these ways or the other, we sow to the flesh or we sow to the Spirit. We have a choice now. The world has no choice. They're in the flesh, of the flesh, dead in their sins, and all they can do is sow to the flesh and live a life of ruin. Even if it has an appearance like it's not, in God's eyes, and that's the only thing that matters, they are living a life of ruin because they are ruined. They are heaps of ruin. The Bible calls us the darkness. What makes the world dark? Sin. And we were what before we were saved? Sin. That's what we want darkness of this world. So when you're talking about sowing to the flesh, sowing to the Spirit, you're talking about what you're yielded to, what you're desired, who, who you want to serve today. Lost people, see, they don't know that. You know as a child of God, you want to serve God. And when you, that's why the message of the cross is so exciting and so, so much of an encouragement and, 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 and so many other things. When you heard it and you came back to it as a child of God, you found now that you are sowing to the Spirit and you're experiencing this life that you began to experience when you were first saved. That's why the common testimony among those who the Lord is able to uh, bring to repentance and, and deliver from the snare of the devil by them acknowledging the truth is the same. We feel like we've been born again again because we literally start experiencing the life of Christ again. If your faith is not in the cross, you can't experience the life of Christ. It's the only place through which it comes. Mm. So, everybody all right this morning? And Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's a promise. If you keep sowing to the Spirit, you will reap. It's a promise. It doesn't matter if it seems like you're not going to. God says you are going to. And that's all that matters. Will you keep sowing to the Spirit? Will you keep fighting the good fight of faith? In other words, simply put to the kindergartner this morning, will you keep your faith in the cross alone? When you do, you're fully armed. You're, you're at a steady pace in this race. You're walking in the truth. The light of this path of the just is getting brighter. And everything about God's Word is beginning to function in your life by the Spirit as you always wanted it to. That's what the church out there that won't come back to the cross is forfeiting. They're, they're opposing themselves because they're opposing God. So think about this. Well-doing is related to sowing to the Spirit. That's what well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary of sowing to the Spirit and start sowing to the flesh. You know, when you hear the phrase, and you all know this, but when you hear the phrase, uh, burned out, I guess that preacher just quit and got out of the ministry. He just reached a point of burnout. Let me say this today, and I ain't, I'm not saying this in an ugly manner. Faith never burns out. Religion and law and works will burn us out and eventually we will quit, throw the towel in, go to the house, that's it, that's all I'm done. But faith never quits. Faith runs the race. Faith keeps ministering. Faith doesn't have a testimony that I used to be in church. I used to read the Bible. Faith says I was and I still am. Hallelujah. I'm still moving forward. Yeah, I've been hurting by many people, but so was Jesus. But he kept going. And if Jesus is my example and he kept going by the Spirit of the living God, then that means my faith in him and what he did at Calvary, I now have the power of the Spirit to keep running this race. Many people stay at home. You know, I've heard it for 40 years and it was here 40 before I got here. 
Well, I've been hurt. Well, you know they should. Well, you know they shouldn't have. That's all on that's that's what that's comments people make when they're opposing themselves because they're opposing God. And all <laughs> the cherry on top to make it like it's really not our fault. Being weary, becoming weary in well-doing is sowing to the flesh. Those who've chosen the good, which is to believe God's, word of, God's words of truth in righteousness through faith in the cross of Christ, will experience the rewards of Christ's cross. You know, there, there's going to be many days in our lives that it just don't seem like things are working. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It seems like we're just not getting anywhere in this or that or with him or her or them. It just seems like we're at a, at a standstill. God says when you feel like that, you just keep sowing to the Spirit. You just keep sowing to the Spirit. You just keep remembering and believing that at the cross it looked like it was over, but it was just getting started. It looked like a defeat, and it was, but it was the devil's, not Jesus's. You, we don't live by what we see, how we feel, or how our emotions are running. We live by faith. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. Because there will be many voices that come and tell you well, it's just not going to work out. Well, that's what the cross said to many. You know what the cross spoke to men? The cross spoke to men. And it was prophesied by the prophets. It said, we esteemed him accursed of God. Well, he's cursed. Look at him. All those miracles he did. Come on down. If you're the son of God, you did all those things. Come on down from there. But you know what? He endured the cross for the joy. That's me and you. That was set before Him that you and I could live in a day such as today and no matter what it looked like before us, if it looked like death and defeat and all hell had broken out against us, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We live by faith. We march by faith. We march. Well, what do I do, Brother Curtis, in, in this situation? We march. We do. What do you mean we march? We just keep believing in the cross. The cross is the answer. The peace we need will come by the power of the Holy Spirit through the strength, the courage, the encouragement, the, the wisdom we need, the comfort we need, the boldness we need. Whatever you need, Christ died to become all those things to you. All those things. Don't forget it. It won't come any other way. The provision of God won't come any other way. The only answer for combating weariness is to bring every thought, and I've already said this, captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And to consider the opposition and rebellion He endured for us as He is our victory. Hmm. Let's read verse 9 again. And let us not be weary in well-doing, because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And remember, the only reason we faint, that means quit, is because we quit sowing to the Spirit. Nothing can make you stop sowing to the Spirit except you. Nothing. Nothing can, it doesn't matter what you're attacked with. It doesn't matter if it's a, a physical infirmity. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship issue. Only you determine. Nobody else determines if you'll sow to the Spirit or the flesh. That's in your hands. That means if you just keep believing in Christ, who He became to you through your faith in the sacrifice He provided, you will experience what you need to. And verse 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity... Now, don't... don't, don't Make sure you get as you have opportunity. Opportunity is not there at every moment. And as we have therefore opportunity, now there's a lot of opportunity in our lives. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Not just those you go to church with. Let us do good to all men. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. There's a priority placed on them. 
in God's eyes, the church is His most prized possession. Now, He created us in His image, but we lost that image. God loves the sinner. He loves the saint. He loves us all. But His focus, and I hope you get this today, even as it was in the Old Testament, His focus was not everything going on out there in the world. His focus is His people. What He says, He'll say it to His people. What He does, He'll do it through His people. It's always been that way. And that's why it's important to learn how to walk with your God so that you can be changed by Him only and not just your situations and your circumstances. If your situations and circumstances are controlling you, and change, if they are changing you and He is not changing you, you're going to quit. Now, circumstances and situations can come, come along to actually change things in our lives. Situations, I mean, God forbid, but if Robin didn't come home today, died today, that would alter my life. It would alter my life. It would alter your life to lose a child or to lose a job or, to, or any, uh, some, a doctor pronouncing you with three weeks left to live. That would drastically change your situation, but it does not mean you can't keep sowing to the Spirit. Now those things can come and distract you and weigh down heavy on you and try to make you weary and go weary, grow weary and make you start sowing to the flesh. Just like the Galatians. Fear gripping their hearts thinking they might not really be saved. Well, if these Jews are right, we're not even saved yet. All that stuff Paul taught us. And, but Paul said, no, no, no. You had an experience. When you believed in Christ, it was as if He was crucified before you. You received the Spirit. Miracles began to take place. Remember that. That stuff ain't happening among those who keep the law and don't ever think it is. I don't care what any preacher says. Well, they're under law and they're resisting the message of the cross. There ain't no miracles taking place there because they've been bewitched. The function of God as the Spirit does not take place under the law. He only reaches through the blood, your faith in the blood, to bring you out from under law. And the Spirit of God never leads us back to that place. Ever. Those that are led of the Spirit are not under the law because He doesn't lead us back. Amen? Think about that. As you have opportunity... Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We're, we're to be concerned about the church. All men, yes. Witnesses unto all men, yes. Doing good unto whoever we have an opportunity to do good to. But we need to make sure we're taking care of the house of God. How, those of the household of faith. Household of faith, that means the church. Everybody all right this morning? Amen. Well, I've been blessed. I want to stop right here. I've got lots more, but I want to stop right here so we can start next week with verse 11. We've got about two minutes left. and I just want to encourage you today, if, 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 you're, if you're really wanting to learn God's Word and you, and you want more than just... Uh, going to church, whoever you are, wherever you might be, uh, get inside of a what we call a cross-preaching church. Get inside a place where uh, the Word of God as truth is being taught in righteousness. That means pointing to Christ and what He's accomplished through the cross. We're talking about every message. I don't care what their name is, what their status is, how long they've been in ministry. If the power of God is the preaching of the cross, then there can be 10,000 10, sermons. But if the message in every sermon is not the preaching of the cross, it is a sermon without power. I don't care what they say. People, preachers that disagree with what I'm saying right now are preachers who are responsible for the way the church has gone. We do not get away from the message of the cross because from Genesis to Revelation, 
points to Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. I encourage you to tune in here every week, Friday mornings with us at 9 a.m. Central Time. Bring your paper, your pencil, and if you live anywhere in this region we live in of Queen City, Texas, Atlanta, Texarkana, uh, wherever, Linden, Texas, uh, not Vivian, but uh, what's that, Bivens, this, this whole area around here. Don't let the four walls of your church that you go to keep you from going to a good Bible study. We're not trying to get you. I'm not offering to you to come to Crossway Church, although everybody's welcome. I'm making an effort to see you come to a Bible study, a one-hour Bible study on Friday morning that will bless your heart and you can learn God's Word. Amen? Well, God bless you. We love you. And we won't be here next week because I will be out of town. And uh, But I'll still be loving you. I'll still be praying for you. And we'll be here that following Friday to keep teaching and believing and coming to a greater understanding of nothing but Christ and Him crucified in the Word of God. God bless you.